Hello, and welcome to the climate-friendly travel podcast, where each episode we speak to the great and the good of the global travel and tourism industry to learn more about what they're doing to ensure that the principles of climate-friendly travel are being advanced. I'm Jed Brown, your host for this week's episode, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Hilton Lipkin, who's the general manager of Alba Wellness Valley in Vietnam. Set at the foot of the Truong Son Mountains, spanning over 50 hectares of lush gardens and pristine lakes, is Alba Wellness Resort by Fusion. The nature-inspired destination which combines rest, relaxation and the healing qualities of Tan Tan Hot Springs to form a quiet respite just 30 kilometres north from Hue. The Wellness Resort features 30 deluxe rooms and 20 bungalows. Surrounded by manicured gardens with calming waters and tranquil bamboo paths, guests can embrace a holistic lifestyle while lounging by the pool bar, enjoying massage and spa services, and rejuvenating in the on-site Japanese onsen baths. With a long and illustrious career in the global hospitality industry, Hilton, who's from South Africa originally, eventually settled in Vietnam at the Albert Wellness Resort, where he clearly takes immense pride in the holistic wellness and sustainable approach which they've become renowned for in recent years. In this episode, I speak to Hilton about the essence of what makes Albert Wellness Valley so very, very special. Enjoy. So Hilton, you are most welcome to the Climate Friendly Travel Podcast. Great to have you on the show. How are you? Amazing to be here. Thank you very much and great to meet you. Oh, it's lovely to meet you too. Um, let's get straight into it, Hilton. Tell us a little bit about um, about who you are and about this, uh, this wonderful property that you have, um, Alba Wellness Valley. So um, I think you already mentioned my name is Hilton. I'm originally from South Africa, far, far away. Um, but I've actually been living in Asia uh, for about the last 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. I'm working in different countries uh, across Asia. Uh, and of late, I am now at Alba Wellness Valley, which is behind me here in the picture. I kind yeah. of stole that as my background. So there's no um, there's no greenwashing here. This is how it is. It's actually green like this. And even though there's so much green behind me, we actually still do palm trees as well. We can talk a little bit more about that as well. So yeah, I'm the general manager of Alba Wellness Valley. Um, This property is in central Vietnam, Mm -hmm. uh, in a town called Hue, H-U-E, which was actually once upon a time the imperial capital of Vietnam, no longer but still quite a historical city. So yeah, that's pretty much who I am, where I am, and how I got to be here. Love that, I love that. So you've been in you've been in Asia for 15 years. Um, what, what did you have against South Africa? 15 years is a round figure, but a long time. Uh, what do I have against South Africa? Actually, nothing. Um, <laughs> we won't make this into a political conversation. We won't view our, our, our views in any way. Um, we, we keep this about sustainability and greening. Um, 
I actually left South Africa many, many years ago with a backpack on my back for a one-year gap year. At the time, we didn't call it a gap year. Yeah. And I landed up living in the south of France for seven years, got married, and South Africa became a place to visit and not my home. So wow. It was not planned. and None of this was planned. It kind of just organically happened. But yeah, quite exciting. It's so interesting. There's, there's so many people that we've spoken to on this podcast um, and on other podcasts that I've done where I'm speaking to people who, and it's always, you know, it's very often it, it is in Asia. It feels like Asia in particular tends to um, tends to grab us and it does something to us. There's there's a lot of people I've spoken to recently who've settled in, in Bali yeah. and in Thailand. And there's something about Asia that grabs us. But every time it's always, you know, I went for a year and it was only going to be a year. And, you know, 20 years later or 15 years later, here we are. What yeah. is it? What is it about Asia that that grabs us so much? To, to correct you, I actually started off in Tahiti, so very far from Asia. Wow. <laughs> wow! I've just, funnily enough, I've just come back from Tahiti. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I think we needed a lot more than forty minutes to have this conversation. <laughs> I think we might. I think we might. Um, but it, but it is incredible though. Asia does it does tend to it does tend to grab us when we you know when we first travel to Asia and yeah. I certainly it had that effect on me I've never been to Vietnam unfortunately um but I've been to Asia many times and it does something about Asia that that grabs us or speaks to us and it and it and it holds I, 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 I think what's really nice about Asia is the simplicity of the countries the mm. simplicity of the people yes you still get the cities and you know you get the hustle and bustle of Ho Chi Minh City Phnom Penh Bangkok or Singapore but you still get that simplicity, rural feeling where you can just meet people and people are happy to talk to you. And and obviously, as non-Asian, the cost of living is actually pretty attractive. Yeah. So compared to living in, in London, for example, or, although you, know, you move to Korea or Tokyo, it, it, it's not exactly the same. But in general, the, the, the other countries in Asia, there is definitely an element of being happy, feeling safe, and obviously being able to get a lot more value for money in terms of lifestyle, living, going out, traveling. So I think that would be off the top of my head some some of the attractions for some of us. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And um, I was having a look just before um, before speaking to you. I was having a look on um, on the website of your amazing property. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I wasn't aware of Alba Wellness Valley, but my God, I absolutely am now. Um, it looks absolutely amazing. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how old, how old the the the, the property is and and what the sort of the vision for, for the property was from the outset. Again, we will not have enough time, so I'll have to give you the short version. Um, I actually fell upon this property uh, by coincidence, like you, I had no idea where Hoya was, and I'd never heard of Alba Wellness Valley. Um, I worked for another company, and a gentleman said, they're looking for someone, it's got your name written on the door, and here I sit. Um, the, the story behind this property is actually very interesting. Um, about 50 years ago, they discovered um, the hot springs, the natural hot, natural hot springs coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And this was taken over by the local department, uh, the government department for mineralo- mineralogy, 
and environment. And the lady who was involved with it at the time fell in love with the area. And I, I don't know the full story, but she negotiated to be able to lease this area around. And her vision was to create a place where the, the local people could take the benefits of this holistic natural healing water and give back to the people and not one of these five end, you know, high end resorts in, 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 in Austria or wherever it may be where people have to pay an absolute fortune to sit in the hot water. Mm -hmm. So she got the rights and she developed what she called Tantan, which was really a place for the people the local population where they could come and soak in the hot spring water. And it was an institution and still is today. So the ethos of the property was really that the local community could come and profit from these natural healing waters. That was over 20 years ago. Wow. Again, in the last five years, there's more of a modern type of more upscale element that was developed next door. So we actually have two properties. We have what we call Tantan, which is very much local, day pass, uh, with all the, the healing and, and the hot springs and mountains and the jungles and the zipline and the highway and many types of outdoor activities. And then running parallel to that, we have Alba Wellness Valley, which is very much wellness orientated. We run retreats, we do meditation, yoga, breathing. We also play around with nutrition. And one of the elements of that is one of my biggest passions is in what I like to call environmental wellness. Hence the reason we have cross roads, because it, it's a passion that I live for. My family seems to think I'm a bit obsessed with some of the people I work with. But I think you really found some really interesting people along the way. And I think we all know that if we don't make an effort together, places like this may not exist yeah. in, in a couple of years' time. So that's pretty much how the place developed, where it came from, and the ethos behind the property. And that's what we call Elba Wellness Valley. Elba Wellness Valley. So uh, with regards to the, the property itself that on the on the Alba side, um, how many people can you welcome at any given time? And and what kinds of people come along? So actually, it's not a very big property. Overall, the, the whole value, we only have 76 um, rooms. Mm -hmm. um, but we have 50 rooms in the Alba um, Wellness Valley side, the, the more um, wellness side. Uh, we can have up to 100, 110, 120 people, depending on the, the configuration of the rooming. Uh, what kind of people come here? Very interesting question. Um, we're evolving, and obviously, as a hospitality company, we, we look left and right in different areas, what kind of business we can have. Um, the property has been predominantly domestic for the last five years. Uh, the, the, the Tantan side has been 300% domestic for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So um, we were very lucky during COVID, actually, because we weren't looking to people outside of Vietnam and they came. So we survived. I won't say we did well, but we survived. So to answer your question, it's a lot of Vietnamese people. Um, people traveling more and more for sustainability and wellness, uh, but not 100%. We do still have families that come with children and they just want to enjoy the outdoors. We still have people who come here for parties because there's such big areas 
and the higher an area, or they do a barbecue out in the jungle the forest. So it's a mixed batch of people. So we're seeing predominantly local people coming to get away into the country and the nature. And over and above that, more and more, we're starting to see people who are looking for a wellness destination. And now a lot more people are looking for an eco-friendly, sustainable uh, place to go and enjoy a vacation and a getaway. And we have all that. So, I mean, we, we tick those boxes, so we hope that we can attract those kinds of people. It's fascinating. We've we've had a few um, conversations um, with with different people recently about, you know, there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot in there. You know, we're talking about wellness and we're talking about sustainability um, and our environmental um, responsibility. Um, is it is it all is it all linked? You know, when we talk about wellness, is is being you know cons- um, considerate towards the environment? Is is that all? Is it all intertwined? Is it all really part of the same kind of thing, really? I think wellness is a very big word, yeah. which encompasses many different things. It, it can mean losing weight. It can be running a marathon. It can be going up the Everest in the Himalayas. And it could be relaxation and meditation and refounding yourself and learning to, to find your inner spirit or your, your happiness. But it also is very much what I like to call environmental wellness, because the wellness of the earth, the wellness of the nature around us is something that's very important as well. So what we like to do here at Alba Wellness Valley is all of that, where we care about your well-being, your health, but we also care about the well-being and the health of the animals, the well-being of the health of the ground, the area and the planet. So they are definitely all intertwined. I think they just fall on different um, topics, maybe, or different headings. But at the end of the day, the wellness of the environment is as, as important as your personal wellness. Because if you get sick and you lie in bed and you're not a happy camper and you you throwing up or whatever it might be, it's exactly the same for the environment. If the environment gets sick and it can't function, we will lose oxygen. Uh, our plants won't grow. The animals won't be able to eat those, and I can go on for an hour. So it's all definitely inter- intertwined: the wellness of the property, the wellness of the environment, versus the wellness of our personal physical wellness. For, for people out there that, um, like me, that that haven't um, that haven't experienced um, what you offer, I haven't experienced wellness. You know, I've, I've never been to a wellness um, retreat ever. Um, just to help us to sort of understand a little bit, and I know it's difficult to do, you know, in a, in a short space of time. But what what is the difference that you see um, or get feedback on from people, from guests who who come to um, to the wellness retreat? What, how do they? How does it change them? Do, you know, does it does it does it transform them? You know, there's a lot of talk about transformative tourism at the moment. Does it in some way, shape or form transform them? Can you can you speak of that? People leave here flying. People <laughs> leave here, they change their names. No. People leave here, they don't even go back to their homes. They stay here forever. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> you, you touched on something that was quite important, is that the word retreat, wellness destination, can be a bit daunting. People in the old days, it was considered on, on the level of a 
like a platform they used to call it, or like a mental asylum. You're going there because you've got a problem. You're mm. going there because they're going to fix you. Um, it's not that at all. We have that. And if you're looking for that, we can offer that. But actually, it's just a beautiful place where you can chill out, a beautiful place where you have natural air, a lot of green, a lot of forestation. You're not, you don't have traffic. You don't have pollution. Um, you have sustainable, healthy food that's coming from the farm or from the local community, and you're not eating this um, styrofoam processed cost food that's coming from, you know, the corner shop down the road or whatever it might be. So all of that is actually the wellness destination. The retreat itself is an activity. So if you want to come for a detox, so you want to juice for five days because you're feeling bloated, you're not feeling well, you're, you're, you're having digestive problems. So you come for five days and we will feed you with juice. We'll still charge you a lot of money, but we'll only give you juice. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> that, that would be what we call a retreat. Or if you're coming to really, you, you're completely blown out, you're stressed out, you, you, you're over the hill, you can't take it anymore. You come here, you wake up in the morning, you go for a walk, you do walking meditation, you do relaxation, yoga classes, you, you just really take it easy. That would be refining yourself in a beautiful environment, but it wouldn't necessarily per se be a retreat. Mm -hmm. But if you were escaping from somewhere to come to a place and just retreat as the verb to hide away from everyone else, then yes, it's a retreat as well. So that's how we see it. That's why we get some people who come in to juice one week. We get some people who stay for a week and do everything. They eat normally, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They do different activities. They go as a tourist to visit the town, but they enjoy the environment. They enjoy the beauty of the area. And then with regards to the um, to the sustainability side of things, what are the kind of initiatives that, that you guys have implemented and how successful have they been? So those people who come to Juice for five days, they have to plant 500 trees as well. So because they're not eating, they have so much time to plant now. So I'm going to get away off topic. Um, I'm, I'm involved with quite a few different organizations around the world. And, and what we have discovered or found is that as hoteliers, as people who are coming out to our areas, especially for wellness, we have a platform where we can educate people and we can get people to understand more about sustainability. Not only that, we also have a situation where we can eliminate plastic. We, the, the hospitality industry, is responsible, don't quote me on this, on around 8% of the, the CO2 that goes out into the carbon footprint that is polluting the world, uh, it, which is a, a big amount. A lot of that comes from plane transport and car transport and bus transport as well. But we have the potential to let people know what they can do to be more um, environmentally friendly. And since COVID, since post-COVID, People have become wellness obsessed, personal wellness, but fantastically, and we are definitely jumping on that train, environmental wellness. So people want to travel to places that don't have plastic bottles everywhere, or plastic straws. Um, some examples that we do over here, for example, is, you know, you get the sachet of sugar. 
So every cappuccino, you have one or one and a half sachets of sugar. If you have a hundred guests per day, times by maybe three, four hundred cups of coffee, times by seven days, times by four weeks, times by 365 days, that is a lot of paper mm. versus having a little glass jar to put one bag, big bag, five kilos or 10 kilos of sugar. It, it's a small activity, but mm. we save a lot of paper. Um, another one is, like I said, planting trees. We can carbon offset. That is becoming the big thing at the moment now. I know there's a lot of greenwashing and a lot of people are, you know, especially in the banking industry. And again, I'm not going to get political, but I always say, if you're talking about it and doing it, if you're not doing it 100%, you're still doing it. So you're still going in the right direction. So something that we do here is we give people the opportunity to plant a tree and offset their carbon. Uh, you know, as an activity for the children, we educate them and the families. But at the same time, every tree that is planted is offsetting the carbon footprint that you made. And then, of course, educating the local team, buying locally, not buying important things, you know, shirts that are coming all the way from France. They're great. And please, you know, I'm happy for the French, but we have you know, local companies we have, we can recycle, we can reuse, we can reduce. So all of these things we, we, we try to install in our team. And then obviously when the guests come as well. And, and sometimes it's, 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 it's phenomenal to see, um, when one of the, 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 the stars, we call them our team, then they're saying to the guests, you need to plant a tree and it's going to be two kilos of carbon offsetting. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This, this guy has no idea, but it's someone who doesn't even know what carbon offsetting was or what sustainability was. And now suddenly nobody uses plastic bags. No one has this. No one does this. So it's exciting. And again, it, I think it's our role and our responsibility to do that. And we try as best as we can. It sounds good and I'm very passionate about it and I can talk to you for an hour about it. But in reality, just look at you and go, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. Where, where's my hand? I, I love that. It's um, it always gets me thinking as well. You know, the the clients that you have, or the, sorry, the clients, the guests, the guests that you welcome. Um, when when they come to you, are they passionate about sustainability, or do you feel generally, as a result of staying with you, at the end, they are they become more passionate about sustainability? More and more people, like I said, are traveling towards sustainability pro products mm -hmm. all over the world, not per se us, everywhere and anywhere, because there are many. Um, I don't think that we have guests who get converted straight away. I think that's difficult. Uh, when you're here for a weekend and you stay for two or three days, uh, you may not be converted, but we have little things that we do all over. That people can go, ah, oh, that, 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 that's a good idea. Yeah. We have things in the room where we, we explain to people that the trees absorb, um, the CO2 and that they give out the oxygen. So, you know, we, we shouldn't, you know, destroy the environment. In, in the restaurant, we have a plant based menu with a little, you know, this is good for this and this and this reason. We have a video that runs in the rooms about. Yeah, you know, we're serious about environmental wellness. You can also get involved, plant a tree, do this, reduce this. So we do, we can definitely do more, but 
but I'm always scared to drive against crazy and, you know, drive limits and have those guys are out of control. I just pay to enjoy myself. But small little things can definitely help. Um, we try. Mm. It, 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 I find it very interesting. Um, let's say we've spoken to quite a few, um, you know, wonderful, um, boutique hoteliers, um, over the past sort of few months, really. Um, and what seems to be coming through is that hospitality, the hospitality industry almost has a role. It's not just responding to the demands of the new travelers, but also inspiring and educating the, the next generations to, to be more sustainable. It's almost, they almost have a, have a role, a leadership role to play in, in this, in, in how we can influence people <clears throat> to be more sustainable. As a, as, as a result of being guests at our properties, I suppose. I'll give you an example. Um, yesterday morning, we had the Singaporean family who's staying with us. Um, they, they, their son had a small accident um, and, and um, you know, they, they had to stay and they, they weren't moving around. But anyway, I met them at breakfast and the daughter, she must be maybe eight, nine, young, and she had a flask, a metal flask, on the breakfast table. And I looked at her and I went, wow, that's fantastic. You've got a metal flask. And she looked at me all strangely and her father was like, where are you going with this? And I said to her, yeah, that's really cool. You don't need plastic bottles. And she looked at me and she goes, exactly. I don't use any plastic bottles because I can put the water in my flask. Flask, like eight years old. And then I really climbed in and I go, wow, you, you should be working for the United Nations. Yeah. You should be pushing sustainable goals. And then she goes, what's a sustainable development goal? So I had to explain it to her. And she was so into it. And That's she was so motivated. And her father was fist pumping her. And I was like, this is what it's all about. Because yeah. this is the next generation. And if she's doing it, you know, she can get her family to do it. And then obviously... So on and so on and so on. And, and things like that are very rewarding. I didn't give her the metal flask, but to see her with the metal flask walking around and with that mindset, it, that, that's like half the battle. And it, it, it's exciting to see that. Unfortunately, you do see the opposite side of the scale as well. And you have to turn a blind eye or just pick it up or, or whatever. But um, those kinds of things are absolutely amazing to see. So they are out there and it's happening. And again, like like you said, boutique hotels and, and larger hotels, it's our responsibility to get these little people motivated, you know, and then make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, so obviously you guys are, you know, you're signed up to the uh, Sonex Malta registry, um, which is fantastic. Um, tell us um, what made you sign up and, um, and, and why, why was it important to you? Um, I actually met Dr. Hans via LinkedIn, I think it was. Um, LinkedIn is phenomenal. We meet such interesting people. And um, we had a long chat and I was like, wow, that is so cool. And then he would say this and he would say that and he's done this and involved with the bamboo and he's done this. And it's like-minded people. Mm -hmm. we all we all on our on our mission to save the planet, but somehow we have something very much in common. And and he told me about it. And then I, I you know, I went in and I looked and you know, I, I do whatever I can to help and promote. Uh I think I should be a lot more active on, on Sunex. But um yeah, it, it it's through Dr. Hunt actually. And I think this talk is also through him, if I if, if I remember clearly. So 
Yeah. yeah um, I think it's important. There, there are many out there. there. There are hundreds and thousands of different organizations and different carbon calculators and, and, and people doing things. That, and like I said, I'll reiterate that again. Even if people are not doing it properly, and even if people are doing it for a commercial value, they're still doing it. Yeah. And they're still creating awareness, and we're still going in the right direction. Picking up five bottles instead of ten bottles is still better than picking up no bottles. That's very true. It's very true. It, it reminds me of um, there's a quote I use in um, in some of the keynotes that I do, but I, I love it. I forget where I heard it. Um, but it was basically don't don't let perfect be the enemy of good, um, and and I think that's so right when we're talking about the environment and the climate uh, challenge that we're facing. Is baby steps are okay? Baby steps are better than no steps. So you know, baby steps very, very together. Good. Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, because unbelievably we are running out of time already. Um, um, but before I do let you go. Um, I want to ask you a question which we we ask all of our guests um, as a as a final question, um, and that is uh -oh. this: If you had just one piece of information or message which you'd like the wider world to know or be aware of regarding sustainability and the climate crisis, what would that one thing be? I one message: <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I would say that um, people need to lead by example. I think so many people are waiting and relying on other people to do it, and there are people out there doing it, but each of us can make a huge difference. It, it's for everything in life, but I think that if every person had to do one activity or do something or tell somebody else, it would make a massive difference. So. Every person on this planet is an ambassador towards saving our planet because there is no other planet. Well, actually, my son told me there is another one, but I think it's a hundred thousand light years away. So we, we may not be going to that one right soon enough, but we are all here and we need to, you know, if we want to carry on seeing this and we want to have animals to feed on a farm, then we all need to make a change. We all, it's our responsibility to do something. You don't have to invent the next desalinator that works, you know, with diffuser, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, just eliminating plastic, reducing, doing something. That's what I would recommend. That's perfect. And that's a great note to end on, a great piece of advice as well. Um, Hilton, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Climate Friendly Travel <laughs> Podcast. Um, for anybody who is looking to uh, visit your website, it's fusionhotelgroup.com, correct? Point slash Albalama's Valley. Um, and yeah, the, the I will just say the um, the images on there of uh, Alba Wellness Valley just look absolutely out of this world. It's on my list, Hilton. It's another one that's on my list. It, it's a beautiful place. And, you know, when, when you come in, you get that sense of serenity. So that that definitely does help and, and you know it, it, it's a nice place it's a happy place it definitely seems it hilton for now thank you so much and look forward to speaking with you again very soon i hope oh, i thank you thank you very much for doing the show thank you for portraying awareness towards sustainability and environmental wellness we need more people like yourself thank you very much 
So there you have it. Huge thanks again to Hilton for sharing his insights with us today. And if you'd like to learn more about Alba Wellness Valley and their ethos, and indeed see the property for yourself, and you should, then please do visit fusionhotelgroup.com forward slash Alba Wellness Valley. And you can join Hilton, Alba Wellness Valley, and hundreds more like-minded people and organizations by joining climate-friendly travel, and indeed become an ambassador by signing up to join the SunX registry at climatefriendly.travel, or of course you can email us at info at thesunprogram.com. But that's our show for this week. Thanks as always for your company, and remember when it comes to climate-friendly travel, Every small step forward is a giant stride when we all step together. <laughs>